All right, so we are the Smoking Jays. We're here to discuss relationships, marriage, and parenthood. Parenthood. A podcast about three guys, three chapters, three attitudes. Attitudes. What? Welcome. Welcome. Before we started the call, but welcome everybody to the will be the 12th episode of the smoke and jays um to my diagonal lower left we have uh, mr johnny g the dad bod aficionado extraordinaire <laughs> i love that. uh right right below my picture is uh mr jcb johnny so Bones. what's up so you're saying i'm underneath you I, I I see what you're doing. It All is, right, see. it is I'm entirely too early. It, it, it is entirely on top, too early bro. for this shit. <laughs> Where I prefer and, to be on top. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, with us today, we have a special guest. Um, mm. So it is uh, Danny, my brother-in-law, um, came to join the shit show that is the Smoke and Jays. Awesome. So welcome. I heard a um, lot of good things. <laughs> so let's see ground rules are there are no ground rules awesome um, i wasn't gonna do them anyway so all right good or pay good. attention to them and and <laughs> if at right any in. point yeah, at any say, point right you in. need to tell us to fuck off you can tell us fuck off that's fine probably do um, that a couple times all right we we do that um mm-hmm. so uh we like to go around the room first and say what is new and exciting so really since anyone who's listening is not familiar with you, um, tell us about you. Which one is you? you. Me? Well, you're, you're <laughs> our guest. You're our guest, so you okay. get to go first. Oh, boy. Let's see. Uh, about me. Let's start with... Um, I used to have a lot of money. And about half, about, you know, about 300000 in the bank. I put about half that up my nose and drank the uh, other half living home with mom. Uh, I would say, uh, you know, I'm in recovery for four years, over four years, actually. You have to put my uh, everyone through hell. And, um, you know, I mean, to be seriously, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to be funny, but all seriousness, I'm real happy to be in recovery. Um, I advocate for it now. Uh, I am a, a recovery coach, life and health coach. And um, I'll tell you, all the damage that I've done in the past and everything has actually led me down a road or a path or a journey, whatever you want to call it, that um, I'm really excited about. So if I had to go through the pains of what I've done, you know, uh, I made a lot of amends, a lot of support now. Um, I would say that the hell that I put myself through was well worth it. It was well worth it. I mean, sure, if we could go back, you know, there would be a lot of changes. But um, I'm taking what I've learned from my mistakes and moving forward. And just, like I said, just advocating and, and trying to help people out there. So I have to commend you for that, man, because some people will look back and go, man, I wish I could have done this differently or, or they'll have regrets. But mm-hmm. you're not looking at them as regrets. You're looking at them as, as life, ex- life lessons and learning experiences 
which made you the better man that you are today. And that's how I live my life, too. Same way I have a tattooed on my body. No regret. Life's a journey, not a destination. Through the journey, you're going to learn all these different lessons and you're going to you're you're going to grow as as a person. So I really do commend you on that, man. And again, four years, four, four years, that's strong, man. And here, here's the four more as I sip my coffee. Absolutely. Four more, brother. Four more, yeah. many more. Thank you. We've, we've talked uh, once or twice about same destination, different paths. So the, we'll pose the question to you. If you had the option to take a different path but end up at the same destination you're at now, mm. not literal destination, but where you're yeah, at I mean, in your I would journey. definitely – I'm sorry, I talked over you. Go right ahead. That's fine. No, I, that that was going to be what I asked. Yeah, I mean, I definitely would not want to be um, uh, in the same house as my sister. <laughs> I, I I can totally understand that. There, no there's comment. times where I feel the same yeah. way. So. Yep, yep. Yeah, we've had a lot of garage talks. Um, all right, yeah. I mean, that is, that is a great question, actually. Um, let's see. Well, I mean... I definitely like to have a lot more money. You know, people say money is, uh, doesn't make money. They say money, uh, doesn't bring happiness, but I'd like to actually meet somebody that would disagree with that, that ha- yeah. Yeah, that's in that situation. Um, you know, it, it's funny. Uh, I would probably say that I've always had that, you know, being a former police officer, um, and, I would say that I probably would do something very similar. I've always wanted to help people, whatever it is. So it definitely be some sort of service based um, path that I would be on and maybe be right. Like I said, uh, you, you said your, the question was to be right where I'm at now, like what path yeah. I would change. Yeah. I mean, well, if I had to change that path, I definitely would not want to hurt any of my family, friends and whoever else out there that I, you know, I would try to avoid that part and, True. you know, try, especially my kids that that's, you know, that's the most important thing that I would love to uh, change. So a couple of things on that, if I may, mm-hmm. um, I feel so the question that Jared posed, it's almost like a trick question, I feel, because certainly, you know, you'd like to bypass all the pain and suffering that, you know, you cause to yourself and, and to others. Um, however, I feel like the good that comes from what you are doing now mm-hmm. um, is a direct result of having, I think you said it, having going through those trials and tribulations. So it sucks that there was turmoil in the in the you know like the wake left behind right but sure. your kids are young uh, kids are resilient um mm-hmm. and they're gonna remember if you think like down the road right um and, I, and i'll patch this into kind of how i feel about my situation later and why i think it makes sense but there's so much more road ahead of them than what's behind them and and the person that you are now and the person that you've become and, and are becoming they're going to remember and it's going to hold more roots within them. I feel um, moving forward than what they've been through. Like they may have some memory of that. Right. But I think the good that comes from where you've been to where you are will far outweigh 
the bad in the long run. And you can't be a good advocate or, uh, you know, you can't give testimonial on something you haven't experienced firsthand. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, it sucks, right? Because it's a double-edged sword for sure. sure. But all the great speakers out there and all the great motivational people out there, they're, they're not great because they made it up, right? They're sure. great because they lived through it. They all went through yeah. some shit. You know? right. All grinded out. That's the right. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, it definitely. You know, it's funny. I, um, I, you know, I listen to a lot of motivational speakers, uh, and, I, and I forgot the one the one guy's name. But man, he, what he said. Uh, oh, actually, you know what? I think it was Joe Rogan. Believe it or not, mm. uh, you know, one of the things he said was that. He wants to, he's like, you know, you show me a guy that had his shit together, lost it all, and then built it back up and right. gone even beyond that. That's the guy I want to, uh, that I'm impressed with. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting back and I was like, I'm going to be that guy. Like, that's, that's the guy I want to be. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I mean, I had a lot of good things going in my life mm-hmm. and, uh, even with the pain, you know, I had, a, you know, I had a childhood, lost my father when I was young and uh, kind of took like a fatherly role with my brother and sister, helped my mom out with things. And it was a lot of pressure for me that I put on myself. And, you know, the, um, you know, as far as my kids, you know, getting on that, uh, they're absolutely resilient. Like you said, John, they have come such a, a long way from you know, my daughter have a panic attacks and my son was very, he, he was very introvert, uh, wouldn't even talk to me. And, you know, I just, all I did was every day, give them love, give them love, tell them I'm sorry. You know, just was always the most important was I never lied to them again. Mm-hmm. That was key. That mm-hmm. has helped out a lot. If they had questions, I told them the truth. Yeah, dad did that. I did do that. I did do this, did that. You know, I didn't, right. I didn't lie. I mean, on their level, you know, right. so that they could, right. they could understand. Absolutely. What would you say your biggest motivation was your children to turn over a new leaf? Oh, you know that I'll, I'll tell you what it, I'll tell you exactly what my mindset was when I finally was like, all right, I, I had enough. I'll never forget. I just got arrested for uh simple assault and i was i just got back from the police station and you know the first thing i did was pick up a bottle of jameson went home mm-hmm. and was like screw this so i'll never forget i guzzled like a bomb you know because at this point now i'm going through withdrawals because i was at the pd for like four hours right um so, yeah, I, I just guzzled like probably over a pint and a half. And all of a sudden, my stomach started turning and I flew to the bathroom, threw up and my face, everything was flushed. And I don't, you know, I don't want to gross out your uh, viewers, but mm-hmm. don't get over like, it. That's I literally right. was sitting I, and, and this, you know, we see this, you know, uh, you hear people say this, like, you know, look yourself in the mirror and everything. Like I literally mm-hmm. was looking at myself in the mirror. My face was completely like my face was puffy and just bloated and red and I had crap all over my face. And I'm like, I'm like, this has got to stop. This is not mm-hmm. fun anymore at all. Right. So 
you know, I put myself in treatment. And even at that point, um, which was which at this point was the third time I went to treatment. But what was um, it started to like it was probably about a month in treatment because I did a hundred and like some days, like I think it was like 116 days. And I went and uh, it, it just, I would say probably about like maybe the 70th, 80th day, something around there, that time period. That's when it clicked. And it wasn't just about, um, you know, living like it was all trying to understand like how to live a life in recovery, how to learn the steps, how to learn, um, you know, how to avoid putting yourself in places, you know, being around people, places and things that are going to affect you. So then it finally got to a point where I was like, all right, you know, I want to be happy. I don't want to live this life anymore. I I see like you start to see the picture of what damage you've done. You start to, you know, it was a very, very emotional uh, moment for me. And so to answer your question, I wanted to help me and by helping me and by me getting happy, it was a byproduct was everybody else was starting to get happy. Right. Everyone around, you, you know, they just wanted me to be happy and seeing me in a better place and succeed was my way of giving back to them. So that, that in itself was, uh, what went through my head was I just want to be better. I just want to be, um, you know, I, I, I just, and you know, just for me to be able to get back to my kids that it was just be sober, you know, be yeah, in recovery. Right. So now fast forward to, to, to today, mm-hmm. um, you have, you have two kids, right? Um, how's your relationship with them and, and how's your relationship, if I may ask with, uh, with their mother? Oh yeah, no, I'll, I'll tell you. Um, yeah, and just so you guys know, you can ask anything with me. I, I don't hold back. Um, yeah, I mean, the kids are amazing. Um, you know, I have a beautiful son and daughter. Uh, got two handsome nephews downstairs. Mm-hmm. And, you know. Anytime you want to bring them upstairs. <laughs> not too late and not too early either. Um, no, you know, and, I, and I've talked a little bit even with. My nephews, I mean, I asked you guys, you know, if, if it would be okay, like over time, but at their level. And um, I mean, my kids, they, it's so funny now because I'm like so into motivational speaking. It's something eventually I'm going to do. It's just, um, I, I want to learn. I want to learn the terminology that, you know, I want to be able to provide the right message. Mm-hmm. So they call me now father wisdom. So (laughs) yeah, they're like, here comes a wisdom moment. You know, my daughter will say to my, you know, they'll, they'll just start laughing because I'll turn everything into some sort of learning experience. Like if they could open up a bag of M&Ms and they'll say, you know, they'll go to eat the yellow one and I'll be like, you know, I'll make it into a learning experience on how to, why that, um, you got to diversify your uh, lifestyle because you can't just go with yellow m and You know, I'll just make, <laughs> I'll turn everything into some sort of learning experience. So I'm like, oh God, here he is. He's going to the daddy wisdom over here. Um, my, I'll tell you what, Jen and I, the, you know, my ex-wife, Jen, um, 
you know, it, it was rough in the beginning. It was because um, I started dating and I, I, you know, I, I found a really wonderful girl. She's in recovery herself. And I don't know. It was just one of those things. We just, it was, it's nothing anybody would ever go and say, this is a great idea. Two people <laughs> in addiction, uh, trying to get recovery somehow, some way, you know, call it love, call it whatever you want. Um, we're, we're doing it. So, and hopefully it, it stays. So with, with Jen knowing, you know, here it is, I moved on cause it was very fast. Um, I mean, we met while we were separated and, you know, so that was very tough for her to deal with that over time with me, just like, I had to bite my lip a lot. I got a lot of nasty text messages and over time, just by me ignoring it, those text messages were followed. Like they would, those nasty text messages would be. Uh, there would be a follow-up of an apology. Like, I shouldn't have said that to you. Yeah, I'm pissed, but I shouldn't have said that to you. Like, call, you know, whatever nasty thing she said. And I said, I deserve that. That was the key, is that I deserve that. I didn't, you know, um, so I accepted her pain that she was going through. And that was very important for her uh, to be able to say those things to me, because I deserved it from the hell that I put her through. So over time that just, uh, by me understanding that, and then just going and taking that pain and, and that she had and allowing her to release it over time, our relationship is absolutely wonderful now. And it was just because one, uh, the common denominator was the kids. We wanted them to have the best life as possible. And it was really no sense of going and fighting and, uh, putting them in the middle, um, you know, uh, Jen's a social worker. So, you know, she knows uh, that lifestyle from people and family. Uh, I've seen them many times as a police officer. Um, husband and wife put the kids in the middle and, you know, they're tugging on each other's arms and the kids have to be put in a position to choose. And we just never did that. So having that attitude in the beginning of taking no pain shots, those punches from her and allowing her to get that off her chest, it helped her heal. And, um, we have a wonderful relationship. We joke, we laugh, we never could be married again. I can tell you that right now, but, um, we have a great relationship and, it, and the kids see that and that helps out a lot. Right. Do and I was like just going to say, no, go ahead. Sorry, Terry, you talked over me. See, this is what happens on this Well, show. see, I started speaking first, but, you know, usually you when know the what? host. Jared never gets a chance to talk in life so at home, so, right? That's like oh, a so reoccurring it, theme. So it's not just here on the show, Jared. No, 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 no. This is a chance. Not. Yeah. So, Go ahead, so Jared. would you say that, like, they're not only, not only the process of the recovery and kind of making amends with them has brought them out of their shells, put them in the better spot. But also do you feel that them seeing the two of you, like how would you put that 50, 50, would you put it 60, 40, that that contributing to them kind of blossoming? Yeah. Um, 
it, when Jen and I were married, um, you know, it's going in that point, like where eventually I, we got separated. Um, what do you do? He just went to the bathroom. Um, yeah, <laughs> he just ghosted us. He does that shit. He go takes the dog out. I can I can hear you the whole time. It was it's just okay. I realized I never plugged in the power supply, and all I need is my laptop to drop dead. Yeah, he asked the question, on. and he's yeah, like, "I don't, I don't want to hear the okay, question." I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. Um, yeah. So no, uh, I gotta. Uh, man, that's a good question. You know, she and I used to fight a lot, and the one that I like, see, my daughter was extrovert. My son was introvert. My son was would hold it inside, and he wouldn't talk to me. Um, he wouldn't talk to either one of us, and. Uh, my daughter was having panic attacks. She was an extrovert. She would allow her emotions come out. And I, I think I'm answering the question and correct me if, if, if I'm not going on the right path, but uh, getting back to like what I was saying before, after I did get into recovery and starting to see what I've done, that's where things started to turn and the kids started to uh see mom and dad aren't fighting again or anymore they're getting along we see them laugh they we see them like they're um just happy like we they don't they don't care you know originally when we told them like look mom and dad are getting divorced of course that was very traumatic for them and um as it would be for any kid that goes through that they don't want to nobody wants to see that um they don't understand it but uh and it's scary it's scary for them. And a lot of times um, uh, I, I like felt bad that it, how I even present, we presented it to them. Cause you know, think about it when you're going through a divorce, you hate each other at this point. And so you, when you're telling your kids, you really got to sit back and think, even if you can't stand each other, you got to both sit near each other on the couch. And we didn't do this. I was like at the table and she was on the other end of the room. Hmm. So it showed a complete division at that point. Right. And, um, you know, it just, uh, we, we were like, look, mom and dad, you know, we obviously are fighting a lot. Um, you know, we love you guys, but we're going to be getting a divorce. And it was very cold. It was very cold. That's one thing I, you know, if I had to do that over again, totally different and they were very young and that's a very traumatic experience and i'm glad that i'm actually able to that was a great question because it's something that parents should really uh think about when they go to make say that question you know tell them their kids hey mom and dad are getting divorced because you're not thinking at that point all you're thinking about is i can't stand her and she can't stand me uh-huh. And we got to get the hell out of here. Right. Don't ever think about like, wait a second. We're about to drop this atomic bomb. And I, uh, I don't even know what they were at that time. We'll say eight and six. Yeah. I was going to ask how old they were. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, approximately around that, you know, they're 15 and 13 now. So we've been divorced. Uh, Shit, your kids couple... are 15 and 13. Yeah. I yeah. know, man. It goes fast. But yeah, I mean, you know, you, you drop this bomb on your kids and you, then you walk away, right. you know, and you just left your kids with this uh, complete bomb, this trauma 
and you you don't even like i'm really i'll tell you what this is actually the first time i actually really was thinking about like i'm thinking about that i never thought about that so that was you know it's a great question um i don't think i really answered it but to answer it as far as like my kids now they see how happy we are and um you know and i and based on my daughter not having those panic attacks and my son hugging and kissing and you know they both hug and kiss me all day and i never refuse it and um based on their emotions and the way they treat us that tells me that we're doing at least the right thing doing something right yeah doubt. right so i'm sure what, go ahead oh, i was gonna say that's what what scared me when i went through my divorce was um so my kids are now nine and seven, almost ten and eight. So they're mm. about where, you know, your kids were. And I think about, like, if I were to, to have gone through that now, as opposed to when I did, which was about six or so years ago, um, I don't know how, I honestly don't know how um, I would navigate that. And I don't know how they would take it. They're completely different people now. And that was one of the things that I had really struggled with in the like year that it took for me to finally mutter the words that I wanted a divorce was that um, one of the key factors that were that my kids were young. You know, my son was only like two. Um, my daughter was four mm-hmm. ish. Right. Um, in and around. So um, my daughter has some memory of, you know, my ex-wife and I together, my son, not so much. Um, so for him, it's, it's normal, right? Yeah. Um, for my daughter, it's definitely getting normal, but she's getting to the point where she's like, she's a smart cookie. And I know that she's, I can see, she's very much like me. So I see the wheels turning and I know when she's thinking about something and I know when, you know, she's in fourth grade and she's experiencing, you know, uh, those conversations with other kids who have divorced parents or, or kids who have parents who are together and now comparing and contrasting. And then there's generating all these questions. And um, the one thing that I had also said would, would be that I would always um, be honest, which is what you said earlier. And alluding to that, it's just always be honest and tell the truth. Um, it's it's going to come to a head here pretty soon. I think within the next couple of years, um, for me, but so far it's been, it's been all right. Um, but yeah, that was the one thing I struggled with was, was their age. You know, do yeah. I wait? Do I do it now? Do we try to fix it. And then, and then what happens if God forbid it doesn't get fixed and now they're older, you know what I mean? And just exposed to so much more mm-hmm. um, at that point. So I commend you. I mean, doing a, a, a great job. If you've got that relationship with your kids, the way you do. Yeah. You know? I, I mean, it, Oh, go right ahead. No, I'm sorry, Danny. Please go no, ahead. Go, go ahead. Uh, I, was just, I was just. I was just. Paper, ahead. scissors, and shoot. Yeah. You're, you're no, the you guest. go ahead. You're it's your show. It's your show. Go right ahead. All right. Oh, well, it's Jared's show. Let's just make sure no. we're clear on that one. No. All right. So, Johnny, <laughs> what what I want to ask you? So, since your children were young at the time that you and uh, and your ex, you know, t- were deciding on the divorce around how long did it take for them to kind of realize what was happening and what 
what kind of family they were in. I mean, because now they are in a different type of family where they have two divorced parents. You know, how old were they? I'm sure uh, your daughter probably probably caught on quicker. Maybe she understood first and she is older. And what kind of reaction did she have when she realized what it was? That's a good question. Um, That's all I, I have, John, are good questions. It's <laughs> <laughs> debatable. Um, no, this is why I love how I love when he's like here, you know what I mean? Not, not a guest, but an actual right. like <laughs> right. co-host. Actually, actually um, on the show. We had this conversation yesterday, Jared. And I, but um, I, it, it's a good question. And honestly, I don't know that. Um, I think, I think I just made the cut. Like, I don't know that she knew there was a whole lot of difference other than that. I wasn't sleeping there. Um, right. She was four. Um, right. So let's, let's, let me um, back that up a little bit that. So at the time, my ex-wife and I, we had opposite schedules. So as it was, they saw me half the time. They saw her half the time. You know, she was a nurse overnight. So I was there when she was working, right? I'd put the kids to sleep and I'd wake up with them and feed them and whatever and get them all ready. And then, you know, I'd go off to work and she would stay home or, or you know, I would go to work late while she slept all day, you know, and then I'd go to work at like four or five o'clock. So I was in a restaurant business. Right. So I had a very flexible schedule. I could be in it at six o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the afternoon, five o'clock at night. It didn't matter. You know, I could move that around. So they were already kind of used to split schedules. We were just in the same house. Now, um, once we had uh, actually separated and, and then divorced and I was out of the house, that was the major difference is that daddy's not sleeping there. Now, for the first year we were separated, um, we still had a lease on a house. So we were actually in the same house while mm. I was moving on, which was tough. Um, it was tough for everybody, more so for her. Um, but I, we had a basement. I slept in the basement. I stayed in the basement. But the number one thing that we all agreed on or both agreed on was that, uh, just like Danny said, was it's about the kids. No matter what we feel for each other, no matter who was wrong, who wronged who, um, or, or whatever animosity is there, that we, we had to put on that face for the kids and we had to do what we needed to do to make sure that they were protected and they had everything that they needed. And I, I'm going to tell you, um, I have spared no expense. I have wasted not a second in doing everything that I could to make my situation right, to make my relationship with their mother right, um, to make sure that they weren't scarred any more than they needed to be. Um, and I don't know that I really have seen the effects yet. Um, you know, I, I, like their childhood has been great. They're involved in activities. I go to as many activities as I can. I pick them up from school. I drop them off for school. I, I, I would give them baths. I, you know, I put them to bed. I'm home every night. So like I'm present. Um, which is, which is a blessing, um, you know, but, um, I think as they get older and start having those conversations and experiencing those relationships with the other kids, their friends, and they see the difference in what they have in their split home versus what their friends might have. I think that's going to raise questions. And I think depending on those friends' mm -hmm. situation, 
Right. They're either going to be relieved that they have the relationship they do with me or, or they're going to, or it's going to not be so good. You know, it's going to go one way or the other. So I'm, I'm still kind of waiting for that shoe to drop. But John, as I said, like I'll be in the car driving my daughter to dance class and I'll look in the mirror and I'll just see her, the wheel spinning and I'll turn the radio off and I'll be like, Bella, talk to me. You know, what are you thinking about? And, you know, most recently, a few weeks back, she's like, do you ever think about mom or do you ever miss being with mom? And, you know, yeah, I, I, I miss the dynamic. I miss what we had when we were, uh, when we were younger and we got together, but we grew out of that or I grew out of that. Um, so just brutally honest, but I'm engaged. I've been with, um, with my fiance now for a little over seven years. There was an overlap there as well. Dan. We, we were mm-hmm. separated. So, so the math, we, you, you know, but, it, and, and now we have a kid uh, of our own and another one on the way. Um, so rebuilding, right. And because you and, just don't learn. Well, <laughs> I was going to say you didn't waste any time, did you? No. And no, uh, I, I, so some of that was intentional um, mm-hmm. because so there's 13 year difference between myself and my fiance. And so I, I relate. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, I haven't gone through it, you know, I didn't, you know, I knew I, I wanted to be with her and we wanted to be together. Like that was, you know, that was a given. Um, but I didn't want ha- me having had gone through life that, that 13 years to, I didn't want to take that away from her just because I had kids and I had been through this or been through that. So I went into that relationship full well, knowing that I was really starting over like, but also it's really weird. The parallel, because I have this one life with in my mind, right. With this timeline with my first two kids from my first marriage. And then I have the timeline that I'm currently on and, and they're blended, right. Mm -hmm. I have my kids 50% of the time. Um, and I, I got to hand it to my fiance. Like she's taken them on as if they were her own kids from day one. Um, and she was 1920 when we got together. So, um, to have that responsibility and to have gone through everything that I went through, you know, go through it with me and then be a positive role model for the kids along the way as well. I mean, there's just been so many hurdles that we've both overcome and now we're on the other side of it. And, um, and the kids love her to death. Um, she treats them like they're her kids. They treat her like, you know, she's their mom. Um, she does probably more for them than I do, um, to be honest with you. Um, you know, so you, you would never know the difference. And now fast forward seven years later, very similar, Dan, um, they like my ex-wife and I have a great relationship. In fact, I was at her house today, putting Christmas lights on her house um, for the kids, you know, and we have activities with the kids where Bella's going to dance class and Johnny's doing his auto racing. And we have to be in the same places at the same time or communicate and coordinate logistics. And they talk, they, they talk frequently. Um, And I mean, there was a point in time where my ex, I wouldn't have put it past her to murder my fiance. Like, like, like it would not mm -hmm. have been far-fetched. Um, you know what I mean? And, um, sleep with one eye open kind of thing. And, um, but now like she's been able to heal and move on. Um, and, and there are times that she still hurts and there's times that I hurt. And I, I mean, I live with guilt regularly, 
almost daily. Um, and some of the actions and things that I do and how I conduct my life is, is, is fed off of that guilt. Right. Um, I take on a, a lot more than I think most would, um, a lot more than I, I maybe probably should at times, but I feel like I'm indebted in this way to just do whatever I can to make things right and easy and better and convenient for everybody. And it's a lot, but it's working. So, you know, it's, it's what it is. Yeah. I'll tell you, um, you said a couple of things that were, uh, pretty interesting one of them was and i wanted to ask uh and you answered it was how's your ex and uh your fiance's relationship and uh like you said you answered it took a lot of time it took it took time because you know your uh your ex-wife had to uh heal there and yeah there was definitely that moment with my girlfriend and uh jen where um Jen definitely had some choice words while we were in, you know, dating. And then, um, you know, she sees her replacement. She sees her mm-hmm. around her, you know, our kids. Mm-hmm. Then you have that fear of, um, you know, are the kids going to like her more than me? And are they going to call her mom? And I'll tell you, my girlfriend has done an amazing job. I absolutely love her. And, um, the one thing that she did that, um, Jen completely respected was the fact that she said, look, guys, I want, I am Chris to you. I don't want you to call me mom. You don't have to call me mom. You don't have to call me, you know, your stepmom or anything like that. So, and what was important is that she knew, uh, her place is that you know daddy's uh girlfriend and uh they have a wonderful like my daughter goes horseback riding with chris um william is cute he goes and asks chris if like his clothes look good i don't know maybe there's a girl (laughs) at school or something like that he's uh interested in but it's cute because he goes up to her hey does this look good does this match and and i absolutely love the fact that they have the their separate um relationships yeah. with her yeah. um it was funny a couple of months ago of course i screwed up and almost uh you know chris spent a couple nights at her mom's house it was my fault as always it's always our fault but uh mm, somehow true. some way we do something stupid and you learn that uh, aggravate Yes. Yeah, exactly. Somehow I, I, right away, I knew it was my fault. Well, anyway, that's a whole other show. Um, (laughs) but, uh, I told Jen, I I was like, Jen, I said, she left me and blah, blah, blah. And of course the first thing Jen said is what the did you do? (laughs) What did you do? And I said, it was me. I, I screwed up anyway. Um, she said, you better get her back. And I was like, like that's the kind of relationship me and Jen have. Like she, from wanting to murder her, to right. telling me you better get her back. And the reason why she said that was because she was like, I really like her. She knows her place. She's great with the kids. The kids love her. Don't Danny, don't fuck this up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's good... the key. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's the Agreed. key that the the, the the kids love her. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think what really started turning it for me was Emily had made a post on Facebook um, a few years back. And I can't remember if it was Mother's Day or what the occasion was, but it was a really lengthy post. And she she talk, basically talked about how, you know, it's a tough place to be in when you're the the bonus mom or the stepmom or the the, the girlfriend or, or Emily or whatever you want to call her. Right. But how she loves them as if they're her own. And she looks forward to packing them their lunches and picking them up from school. And like, she just went on this whole rant about mm-hmm. how special the kids are and what joy they bring to her life. And, you know, there's that anger and all that cloudiness from my ex where like, she just sees red because of what happened. Mm-hmm. Okay. But when you, when, when that sort of clears up and subsides, you, there's no mistake in the fact that there's love there. And you, you just, you can't ignore how great of a relationship there is between the kids and my fiance. And so I think that is ultimately where my ex finally just let bygones be bygones. Like at the end of the day, this is about the kids and the kids, she's great with them. Um, and you got to respect that. Um, it is what it is. We're not together, but if this is the situation we're going to be in, you want to be with somebody who's going to respect your kids, love your kids and treat them the same as if not better than, than you would. And now they've got a, a, a little brother, you know what I mean? And so there's the additional dynamic and I got to say, my ex is, is great about it. Um, she, I mean, they FaceTime all the time when we're not together. Um, they, they we, we go trick or treating together. You know what I mean? We do a full family costume thing, like all of us. Um, and they, there's participation there. And that is the greatest message that the kids can receive is that not only did we go through this, this thing or whatever, but um, now we're all together and we're friends, if you want to call it that. Um, and, and the kids see the happiness. And so they're happy. Mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, for both parents being present and like Johnny said, the, the, the participation, you know, everyone's involved. That, that goes a long way with, with, with the children, especially when the children involved. I think that's great for both of you. Now, Danny, I'd like to go back to you real quick and mm-hmm. uh, talk more about, about the divorce. Uh, just to bring it back to how we started the show mm-hmm. was that 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 downhill slope you were on that time in your life was that a cause of uh of the divorce or was that kind of happening hand in hand or or were they just happening simultaneously coincidentally you know what that i could tell you uh well i'll just tell you see the thing is is that um you know jen and i got married we were very young uh we dated for a long long time and it was one of those things where we got married on a shit or get off the pot type of uh, situation. Um, even going up to the altar, like I even had doubts. I'm like, why am I doing this? And I was like, well, I'm kind of screwed now. <laughs> you know, I wasn't <laughs> going to run too far. Yeah. So it was really like, well, let's see what happens. Um, so what I started doing and not even realizing it was I was trying to make Jen into somebody I wanted. Mm -hmm. And 
uh, I, I put a lot of pressure on her, like, hey, why don't you do this? And why don't you do that? You know, um, and I was like, she was like a science project to me. And, you know, not to get into all the specifics and everything, but um, by doing that and trying to make her be somebody she's not, it was putting frustration on both of us and it was putting tension and pushing each other away in our relationship. And what happened was um, I was getting angry because I'm like, you know, you don't uh, love me. You don't want to be the person and, you know, this person and this is what, I, you know, and she was like saying, you know, you don't love me. You're trying to change me and trying to be somebody I don't want to be. So um, that just start, that was like the pilot like that started everything. Um, as far as with my addiction, there was so many things, so many factors that, um, you know, uh, my father dying, he was like my best friend then. Yeah. I wasn't happy in life and with myself. So I figured, let me change Jen into maybe if I make her, you know, into this, um, uh, person that I maybe would make me happy. I, I don't know. You know, it, it just never worked. I mean, we would, most people would sit back and be like, oh, well, she's stubborn or, you know, or he's a jerk, whatever you, the name calling doesn't matter. It was just, it was where my head was. And, it, you know, obviously I, I mean, I brought this to her attention and apologized to it, made amends to it. Um, and not realizing until I, like I said, my head started, to, uh, the cloudiness was going away and I'm like, wow, I was freaking trying like my science project. And so, um, you know, it, it was just, uh, you know, as far as with my addiction and everything, yeah, that now I started hating her and resenting her. And so whatever I could do to piss her off, that's what I did. And I knew she didn't like that. I was drinking and, you know, partying and doing all types of stuff. So. I would do that despite her, you know, to, to piss her off. You know, that's a really good analogy you said about, you know, like the science project, you know, trying to make her into the person that you want. I feel like all men, all of us on here and anyone else listening to this, we've probably been in that situation before. I mean, without, one of without. our pillars on the show here is relationships. I could probably pinpoint every single relationship that I try to make my Frankenstein essentially yeah, exactly. kind, of, kind of like, kind of like the, the movie with weird science. Yeah. Like, I wanted my Kelly LeBrock, mm -hmm. you know, all right, you're, you're, you're pretty high. You have a pretty cool personality. Let's date. And I want to make, I'm going to mold you into the person that I envision myself with until I met my wife. And I'm like, there was no effort on my part. It was just there, you know, and then, you know, she probably can't hear you from here. So you don't have to like, I'm not trying to get brownie points for, I already have a kid and we're married. So I don't think, I, I think I'm already past that. But, uh, but I think now, Dan, like you, you said with, with your current girlfriend, Chris and Johnny now with, with, with his fiance, I think you, you do eventually get to the point, but you have to go through the other people to find the right one, you know, as, yeah. as, as cliche as that might sound, but I did, I did like that analogy, you know, the, the science project made me think mm -hmm. of weird science as soon as yep. you said that. I, I, you know, it's so funny. Cause that's what I was, I was like, what the hell was that movie? But yeah, yeah weird science. That's it. Yep. Weird that was science. a good movie too. Jared, that, that's going to be the outro song the episode you have to find you're the not theme you're song not from supposed weird to you're not supposed to do that like that's where you message on the side and, oh yeah. well so you I'm could, you could edit this part 
Yeah, oh, we, no, we don't uh, edit. No, we don't. We don't edit. The only the only editing we ever do is like to cut at the beginning and find some B roll. Yeah, somewhere, you but... know it. Yeah, it, it yeah, just starts to become. Yeah, exactly. It just becomes so annoying. But um, you know, there's one thing I definitely wanted to bring up is, and John, I have to ask you. Um, I know for me, I probably stayed uh, with Jen probably four or five years longer than I had to. And in my head, one of the reasons why I stayed was, and it's the biggest mistake, and every divorce lawyer out there will tell you it's stupid. And that is that we stayed for the kids. Did you stay? Did you at any point stay because you wanted to at least stay for the kids? Did you think about that at all? That was the that was the that was the only thing in my mind that I I couldn't decide on. Hmm. Um, I so I'm gonna back it up a, a little. So we we eventually split up, started the divorce uh, thing around 2000. 15 okay 14 15 um but we had issues prior to that um dating back to probably late 2000 mid 2011 um and we got together in college 2004 and it was very similar i don't want to say it was a shit or get off the pot but it was kind of like what's the next logical move Mm -hmm. right we were together um, for a number of years, we lived together. We had a joint checking account. We worked together. We loved each other. I didn't know any different. I didn't want anything else. Um, and, um, and I've covered some of this on the other episodes too. So for the listeners that feel that this is redundant, I apologize, but, um, <laughs> but, um, it was the next logical thing to do was to get married. And, and, and it wasn't like we didn't like each other and I didn't mm-hmm. have, I wouldn't say I had doubts or regrets, but there, there was like looking back and knowing what I know now, like there was always just this little tiny part of me that just not that it wasn't right. Um, not that I wasn't happy, not that she wasn't the one, but it was like, am I settling, you know, like, am I just doing, am I doing this because it's the next logical thing or like, this is what I want. I want a family. I want to, you know, be together. Um, it made sense, but she wasn't my dream girl. All right. She, she had a lot of the qualities I was looking for, but, um, we were just together and it it was right. The next move. So now we get married, um, and, or we get engaged and uh, we're together for a while. Um, and then we had she we had she she was pregnant with my daughter uh, who was born in 2012 but it was like midway through 2011 where i like i don't know what it was it just i wasn't in, I, I wasn't in it um i was checked out i was distracted um maybe it was the you know the back of my mind knowing i'm going to be a dad or this is really forever now like there's no way out like there just there was just this cloudiness um, and I pushed it away, pushed it away, pushed it away, but there was, it, it kind of, as the further I pushed it away, the larger this void became or more, this void became apparent. And I didn't know what was missing, what I was not feeling inside. And so then I would search for it 
And so like, I talked about this with Jared and John on our call last night, like there was infidelity, you know, I cheated and it started emotionally, um, you know, and, and, and Danny, I think it's similar, right. Um, you cheated, but it was with substance. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so I did the other one too. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, um, but it started emotional and it started with thoughts and, you know, um, well, what if I wasn't with this person or what if I was with somebody else, what would things be like? I started imagining my life in these other scenarios and I didn't have children yet. And now we're pregnant and we want, but we wanted that. So that was the goal. So I'm like, ah, it's just like a cold feet thing. Right. But then we became parents. Um, and I got myself in some sticky situations and I was weak. Um, I was, um, you know, the, the temptation was there. Um, and I wasn't strong enough to push it away, but I also feel like it was these voids. It was this cloudiness or whatever you want to call it. Um, and curiosity of to, well, what's on the other side, um, that kind of led me down that. So that's how that started. And then, uh, I got caught, um, actually no one really knows this. Jared doesn't even know this. I got caught because Jared called me and she went to Damn Jared. She went to get my phone and uh, because she heard it ringing, she was going to get it for me. Fucking and it was Jared on, it was Jared on the other line. Um, and I had, I had something open on my phone and I never closed. And uh. yeah, so that's how that happened. But, you know, we, we acknowledged it. I felt so guilty. There was remorse. There was, you know, now we have a baby and I couldn't tell you. I mean, I felt like shit. Dan, you, you, you know, you feel just, mm-hmm. it's just like, I'll do whatever. That's not what I wanted for you. I, I, I like, I'd never meant to hurt you. I just, it was, it's me, 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 me. So we, we went through fixing it. Um, things were great for six, eight, nine months. Uh, probably the best that I've ever been. We were communicating. Uh, it seemed like things were on the up. And then I found myself in another predicament. And I allowed myself to fall into that predicament, but I also feel like I allowed myself to fall in that predicament because I was still, there was still something missing. It almost felt like the building blocks and what we rebuilt to kind of repair things was forced or staged. Um, Like we were trying too hard, maybe trying to be something we weren't. Um, I don't know. And so I allow myself to then get into an emotional relationship with, with somebody. Um, and these were always people that I were close with or worked with or whatever. I spent more time with them than I did at home. And so it made it easy. There was, there was access. Yeah. Um, and you get to know somebody, you know, a lot faster when you're spending eight, nine hours a day with them, six days a week. So, um, and in, in a restaurant environment for anybody mm-hmm. that's ever worked in a restaurant, that's not exactly the most, I mean, it's kind of scandally clad, right? So, um, so that was difficult. Um, but that one, um, she could tell there was something off and now we've got a second child. And, um, and so there's uh, clearly something wrong here. Um, it's not fixing itself. I changed jobs. We changed, we moved our house. Um, I changed, I would say careers, but went to a different restaurant completely. Um, and then I was on a path that seemed to be okay, but again, just something wasn't right. And um, 
and then and then I met my fiance. So we were we were on the rocks. We were already kind of sort of separated. I met my fiance. We weren't like engaged in any type of thing, but there was something there. I could feel it and it grew and it continued to grow. And then I knew um, couldn't put words to it, but I knew that that's where I was supposed to be, where I wanted to be. What I was missing um, was there with this person. Can't tell you how I knew, um, but I did. And to the, it took me, it took me about a year to, to finally come to the conclusion that I wanted a divorce. And it was because after all of that, um, of the kids, I went back and forth a thousand times a day. If I do this now, they're young. They don't know any different. If I try to fix it, which we did, we, we probably try as hard as we could have or should have. But again, I wasn't in it anymore. Um, but you go to the council and you do all these things. And then I, in the back of my mind, I just kept thinking like, I'm not happy. I haven't been happy for like what's going on four years now. If this, if we prolong this anymore, now my kids are older, they know more, they feel more, they sense more. And, and we weren't a happy household. I was angry. I had animosity. I was frustrated all the time. I'd fly off the handle. Um, I'd take it out on the kids, not in a physical way, but like in, in an emotional way, like they, they're four and two, not even they're three and one at this point. And I'm yelling at them for like, fucking spilling cheerios on the floor you know what i mean like just mm -hmm. i would go off and i was i was stressed uh it wasn't healthy um it, it just i i didn't like who i was in that relationship and as a father and i just felt like at the end of the day my i have to trust that my kids are going to be better off in the long run if i'm happy and i'm not happy this is what's gonna make me happy at least what i felt and what i believed um and thank God I was right because, um, shit, if I fucked that one up, man, I don't know. I don't know what would have happened, but, um, you know, it, it took a lot, man. It really took a lot of back and forth to decide, do, you know, do you stay in it for the kids? And, I, and I'll tell you what was the final verdict and what did it for me was, um, and no, it wasn't the Blink-182 song. Um, Damn it. it <laughs> I knew it was Damn. coming. I just sensed it. I had a feeling it was coming. Um, no, I thought, what lesson am I teaching my kids when mm. they're older, 15 years, let's call it 15 years. All right. If I am in a place of uneasiness and unhappiness with myself, and I stay with something for the wrong reasons, like you can go either way with that. Right. I mean, you can spin it however you want, but for me and the values that I want to teach as a parent like we'll relate it to, to, to activities. All right. Um, maybe this is really far off, but my daughter dances, you know, I would never want her to continue to do something mm. she didn't want to do just because it made me happy mm -hmm, to right. see her dance. Right. Just because it would make my kids happy to see their two parents together. Doesn't mean that we belong together and that it's the right, right. thing to do. And I didn't want them to grow up in an, in a household where I was, not my best self and stayed in something for the wrong reasons. Like what, what does that teach them? So right, right wrong, or indifferent. The best course for me was to just, Hey, I fucked up. You know, I thought this was where I wanted to be. 
and it, it, it didn't turn out that way. Um, I need to make a move for me, for my health and my happiness. And you have to put yourself first sometimes, and that's okay. You're going to hurt some other people, and that's okay too. But in the end, I it doesn't did the even work. Oh. No, it doesn't. In the end, it 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 it. I did the work. I I put in the time, and I made it right. Um, and my I truly believe my kids are better off with. I have my doubts at times. I wonder because I'm not. I'm only there half the time. No, do you feel? Go ahead. Do you you feel at any point in time through the steps leading up to when you finally made that decision? Subconsciously, do you feel like any of that was self sabotage? Like subconsciously, your mind knew that this is not it. So you had, you kind of had those moments where Mm. you had the fork in the road and instead of kind of really diving in and saying, you know what, let's work this out. Your mind already said, fuck, you know, I'm out. Like, so it's self-sabotage and you, in a way, not consciously, not intentionally, but, but like you already kind of, you already know that you're, you're checked out. So it's, it's, it's easy. It's like, it's like making it about, what is it like? Um, I can't think of how I had it and I lost it, but, but yeah, I, I think there was some of that subliminally, like, that's, you know, I'm already, I'm, I'm already <laughs> uh, checking out. Um, you know, I know that this is where I want to be. It's almost easier to, to fuck it up right. than it is mm-hmm. to just man up and, mm-hmm. and say, Hey, I'm sorry, but this isn't for me. Um, I'm out, you know, like, like it's like you got to go through all the bullshit and fucking hurt everybody and their sister in order to get what you want. So um, like the guy's way of doing sick. things. And yeah. and you know what was really also fucked up on my part was that I also understood the value of two parents being together for their kids. And so I don't it's going to sound really bad, but I don't know how else to put it, but like you you I think Johnny said, you got to go through all of those relationships, right. To find what you want. And I, mm-hmm. I mean, I cheated mm-hmm. in so many different ways over those four years, physically and, and otherwise. Um, but I, but I wasn't like, it was like, I had one foot, you know, on both sides, you know, in, in the pool and out. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Well, why didn't you just say you were unhappy and, and, and leave? Well, what if, what if I didn't really want to leave? And then it was too late. And then I broke up this family for no reason. It was almost like I had to be sure. And it yeah. took me, it took me all those steps. It's you, not you, the you right route. Self-doubt. Oh, you're totally you're like, you're having yeah, your yeah. cake and you're eating it too. And it wasn't, mm-hmm. I wasn't trying to, I wasn't trying to be deceit, deceitful and I wasn't trying to hurt anybody, but I needed to know, like, <clears throat> if, if, if you had that, that is how I feel. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that fear, because uh, I had the same thing. I was looking for, it, it, you know, getting back to the science project, I was like, all right, since I, uh, in my head, I'm like, all right, I, apparently I'm not a good scientist. So let me go find the person then. Let me go find that person. So it was now I was doing research and development. So now I turned from science pro- a scientist to researcher. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right, right. And I know it sounds funny and I'm not trying to downplay it. I mean, you know, what I did first off was completely wrong. 
but I did it. It's part of my story. I learned from it. Um, right. You can't hide but, it. You can't undo it. You might as well. No. Own it yeah, no, I'm not proud of it at all. And, um, but in my head, you know, listen, I know a lot of maybe the women audience or whatever, maybe even a guy who part of the audience are going to go and be like, you're a scumbag. Yeah. All right. If that's what you want to call me, then sure. Yeah, I agree. Fair enough. <laughs> but, um, and I'm not trying to make it light, but that's what was going on in my head. I was like, okay, I couldn't make her into the person I want. So let me go find somebody. Now you sit back and say, well, why didn't you just leave her? John, you just hit it right on the head. It was a fear that I had of what happens if she's really not out there. And I really do want to be with Jen. And that was that fear of, right. Oh man. Like, you know, cause I'm not going to, of course I love the mother of my kids, you know, um, we just lost that intimacy part mm-hmm. and I was looking for that. I was looking for right. that intimacy, that companionship. Mm-hmm. And um, finally, for me, uh, I, I did stay, like I said, uh, five years too long, four years too long. Um, and in that time, you know, I got did a lot of damage. But, um, you know, the, the thing is, is that I was looking for her replacement. And, um, it, you know, obviously, it's not the right way to go about things. But it's what it happened. Right. And I think, like, for me, you mentioned like yeah you, i mean you're you were a police officer you had money saved up um i'd been in your house you had some cool toys nice bike mm-hmm. you know you had you, you had it the two kids a boy and a girl like everybody used to joke with me like oh you got the perfect little family and the mm-hmm. little dog too and and yeah. uh, the only thing white we were missing fence. that's the only thing i was just gonna say the only thing we were missing was the white picket fence and <laughs> um but we you know yeah you have you have those things. And, um, I made together, we made good money. We were in a good position financially. I had a fucking rocket ship sports car. Like, um, yeah, you had that you know, Mustang, right? Uh, no, he, I, I had the SRT the charger. Okay. Um, yeah. Oh so, yeah. 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 yeah um, but, uh, I did have a Mustang at one point, but, um, it wasn't as nice mm. as my charger, but mm. you know, I had, I had it all. And I say that mm-hmm. in quotes, as everybody would say, and you're happy. And how could you do this? You fucked up. And, but no, like I wasn't it. And, and money does bring happiness. Right. But in that sense, we had the money, we had the finances, we had mm-hmm. the family, but I too was missing the intimacy part. I'm very much, we had an episode on love languages and I'm very much physical. All right. Um, touch. And it doesn't have to necessarily be sexual, just, you know, Cuddling, holding hands, public displays of yeah. affection, a kiss hello when I when I come in the door, a kiss goodbye, um, you know, and and it, we just lost a lot of that. And we're both to blame, right? We worked opposite schedules. She's overnight nurse. We never saw each other. She's exhausted. I'm rearing and ready to go when she's ready to fucking drop dead. So like, you know, it, there was just a huge disconnect. And our mistake was not recognizing it before it got to a point of no return. Um, and, and, and then to be fair, like maybe I didn't give it the chance that it, it deserved, but I just was, I just knew when I knew, I knew it was just, I wasn't, it wasn't going back. Um, 
I knew where my heart was or wanted to be. Um, and it's unfortunate it happened the way it did. And if I could change any part of it, I'd probably do that portion a little bit differently and, and be a little bit more on the up and up. But um, you don't know. Because then, again, if, you, if, if you're wrong and you blow up your family and then you're left with nothing, as selfish and as fucked up as that might sound to those who think they've got all their shit together, um, you know, when they you, don't, by the way, right. Right. But when you quote unquote got it all and you've got it all to lose, you better be damn fucking sure. Right. That you're willing to let it go. And that's what, that's what led it on and strung it along. So, so long. And if we didn't have kids probably would have happened sooner. Um, but we did. And then it was just like, well, fuck, this could go either way. And I still don't know, you know, right now things are great. My son's innocent. He doesn't know life. He doesn't know the outside world. He's in second grade. My daughter's less innocent, but I'm honest. And, um, I say less innocent, give me the eyebrow. She, you know, remember back when you were in fourth grade, you know, I mean, you first, you're starting to learn what dirty words are. You're starting to learn what certain sexual things are. There's a age of social media and and shit now. And and you stop believing in fucking Santa Claus. A lot of shit happens when you're in fourth grade, you know? Um, Wait, Santa's not real. What the fuck? (laughs) So um, for me, it's just the only thing I can do is just be honest at this point, just yeah, it it's it's good way to live, man. It really is. It's just so much easier. It really is. Yeah, it got it sick. exhausting. Oh, it was. I mean, I had apps that hid apps. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you, you know what I mean. Like, I had apps that hid those apps. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I had four layers of security on my phone, yeah. and I still wasn't smart <laughs> you, enough. You know, and you see, right. I, I look back now, and I'm like, I'll never forget the first time I took Chris out to a date that I, and I was like, you know what's awesome about tonight. I'm not looking over my shoulder. Right. Why did mm-hmm. I put myself through so much stress yeah. and being deceitful yeah. and all these things? And it was it's so exhausting. Easy. It was so exhausting. It really is. It wasn't first off. It wasn't fair to any of the people, uh, you know, that were involved, but it was so exhausting. It was, you know, hindsight's always 2020, but uh, I looking back, it's like, I, I just will never do that again. I, I just know it because it was mm-hmm. too, because it's just not only for the pain for everybody, it was just so exhausting. If I had to be selfish, you know, like about the whole process. Yeah. And also, you know, the pain that, that you, that you guys went through, you know, you also have felt pain yourself, you know, on how hard it was for you, how, how it dragged out for one year, two years, five mm-hmm. years. You know, I, I was in a similar situation. Our listeners know, Jared and John know, my, my last relationship was a toxic relationship. Mm-hmm. And similar to like what you said, Danny, we, we were together for five years, and that was that was five years too long. We lived together, and I just couldn't get out. I was just a terrible fucking douchebag in that relationship. And I was comfortable comfortable living in that, in that for five fucking years. Mm-hmm. So it, it really wasn't too much different. He just was in a relationship. That was all. <laughs> oh, okay. So I see. Call me a douchebag. Is that what you do? I see you do it. No, no, no. But, but um. But anyway, but I, I do want to bring it back though. Back mm-hmm. to the kids. Bring it back. So, always bringing it back on the show. Always we bring let, it back. We let the listeners know we're going to bring it back now. We do. We tell them so, we bring it back. 
uh, for both of you, I think um, I I could confidently say that the best thing for your children was for you both to go through the divorce, move on, go your separate mm-hmm. ways, put yourselves both in a happier situation in life, so your so your children can see that. One hundred percent. You guys would agree, agree on that. One hundred. Yep. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. No, and and it, again, it's like I, again, I was not in your shoes in a marriage situation like that where there were children involved, and it's 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 weird. It's like like Dan just said, hindsight being twenty twenty. Look at it now. It's like yeah, that was the best thing for the children. Mm-hmm. So you would think, oh well, if I'm going to go through a divorce, that's oh, I'm thinking, yeah, you know what? We'll make it happen. Let's talk about it tonight. You know, it's better for the kids. But it's not the first thing that pops in your head. Because you're huh. thinking about where do you go next? What is your mm-hmm. next step? And then. After you figure out where well, you're next, okay, well, now where is she going to go? Mm-hmm. Then what's going to happen with the kids at that point? You know, when, when you were thinking about that, I mean, I know, Johnny, it may be different for you because, you know, your children were still very young. But, Danny, when the divorce conversation came up, or at least the thought in your head, mm-hmm. were, wh- wh- what was the first, you know, who, who was first in your mind? Was it you talking about where you were going to go first? And yeah, then- I I was the one. I was the one. Uh, first off, I mean, we we were yelling divorce back and forth to each other. I want a divorce. I want a divorce. But nobody would actually make a move. I, finally, I was like, look, I got to make the move. She's never going to make the move. We got to do this. So I was the one. I mean, uh, it, it, and when I say I was the one, it was it was just a matter of formality. We both mm-hmm. were divorced in our relationship a long right. time before we actually put it on paper. Right. Um. It, like I said, it was just, I, I think for her and for me too, um, you know, you start to think about all the um, people that are involved and that are affected. And you're like, you know, you have also the fear of change. Like I've been with this woman my whole life. I mean, you know, I was 18 years old. I was with her, you know, um, matter of fact, um, I was laughing with her but um we would have been 20 years married this year and you know like yeah well it was funny because last year she says oh next year we would have been 20 years and then of course she brings it up i go hey i said you know if you don't mind why don't you just kind of twist the knife a little bit more and say hey douchebag (laughs) douchebag you ruined our marriage you know and we laugh but that's the kind of relationship we have we we her and i will laugh about stuff like that Mm -hmm. but um the kids um yeah, I, I mean, my kids were a little older, and um, I'll, I'll never forget. My daughter, when we said it, she looked confused, and my son cried. I actually thought it would have been the other way around. Oh. You know, like he was, like he ran to his room and went to his bed and started crying, and you know, um, that was very emotional. It was very emotional. Like I said, um, you know, for any parent that is going to go and tell their kids like sit next to each other and really think about it because you're about to drop an atomic bomb on a small little brain that um doesn't that it's a very confusing thing i mean they rely on you you're their survivors you know uh, you're you're getting in the survive i mean there's still baby birds in the nest and now you're like we're gonna separate you know the one that you know um, so yeah, definitely, uh, you know, I never thought about that. Yeah. And I don't even think we had the conversation because they were too young to understand what it was. We just changed our lifestyle 
Yeah. And like I said, I was, I was not home as much and they'd see me when they saw me and, you know, it probably sure it was like, that's weird. But after a while it became normal. Now we've talked a lot about how the divorce and everything affected our kids, but we haven't talked too much about how it really affected us and mm-hmm. post divorce. Right. So like talked about how you had a lot of money and yeah, uh, you had a, you had a career and all that stuff. Right. And, and I sure. was in a comfortable spot. Nice. Not like almost my dream car. Um, after I got divorced, I lost my job. Mm-hmm. I lost, which then it didn't take long to lose my, my vehicle. Um, yeah. And I at least finally ran out on the house. So I didn't have a place to live um, really. So I stayed with friends. I stayed with my grandparents here and there. Um, and luckily I was in this relationship and, and she had a place. So I was there couple nights a week and until that became the norm and then wound up moving in sort of you know inevitably with where when she went back home i wound up living at home with her and her parents it was Mm -hmm. like it started out as i'd stay over a couple nights a week to i was there for two and a half years until we finally got a place together but i mean i lost everything there were i had i mean i i ate peanut butter and jelly every day. I had negative money in my bank account for months on end. I mean, I had to claim bankruptcy. Um, when I lost my car, I was actually at my ex-wife's apartment um, watching the kids because I didn't have a place of my, my own to watch the kids while she worked. So as disgusted as she was uh, with me and as painful as it was, I had no choice. She had no choice but to let me sleep in her house. Um and watch the kids while she was at work. She'd come home and I'd leave or I'd get the kids on the bus and I'd leave. But I went to go to work one day. My car is gone, repoed and um, called my now fiance who drove over an hour at 7 a.m. to come and get me and um, had to find out where my car was, get my belongings and then go find another vehicle. I had $400 to my name at the time. I found a beat up piece of shit for 250 bucks that day. I bought it and that's what I drove around for, I don't know, however many months, but I, I must've purchased three or four lemons in the, in the course of a year. Just one of them blew up on 287. Uh, another one, I, you know, fucking tranny went, but I had some help along the way. Luckily there were some people that didn't leave my corner, lost some good friends um, along the way, but, um, some family turned their back, but I had some family that helped and they, you know, without them really it was, it was mostly my grandparents and, and honestly it was Emily's parents um, who went through something similar, um, you know, in their younger years, you know, um, so there was some familiarity there and um, caught a couple of breaks and was able to build myself back up, but it's been, it hasn't been one week. It's been. Um, Damn it! You looked at me. Um, I was waiting. Uh, it's been seven years. It's been seven years, but I'm back on my feet. You know, I've got a steady job. I can work from home, which is nice. Um, you know, I can be with my kids. Um, COVID, Ugh. honestly, was the best fucking thing for me mm-hmm. because I That's got great. to rebuild. 
a mm-hmm. lot of that. And I got to spend that quality time with my kids um, that I wouldn't have otherwise had. Um, so it helped me kind of catch up a little bit, but um, there's definitely pros and cons. And I think, I don't think we have to bullet point them, um, but it, it, there's, you know, it's just, it's messy either way you slice it. Yeah. Cause I was gonna, I was gonna actually say, I mean, I know we, we kind of took a darker turn here and there, but I mean, there had to have been some positives. Um, yeah. I, I mean, so my, my perspective, obviously I not divorced myself, but having grown up in a divorced family, you know, it, at the, when we grew up, divorced families were not as common. I feel like they've become and it was more frowned common. upon too. You look yeah. like you were the black right. sheep. Yeah. Out there. Oh, your so, parents aren't together. Wow. Oh, your parents. Yeah. Divorced, that was like, very tough for kids too. Yeah. You know, and they, like there the, was, mm-hmm. the only other kid I really knew at, at the age where I started really understanding it in elementary school, the only other kid I knew whose parents were divorced was because his dad was like a, like a raging abusive drunk, like mm-hmm. beat him and his mom. So they were divorced. And I was like, Oh yeah, I'm in a category. So then ultimately, him. yeah, exactly. Cause now, now you're, well, you must be, you must have a raging uh, divorced parent or you must be getting beat. Like you're, you're in that. Category. Right. That's the and stigma. It, That's the, yeah, right. yep, and the in, stigma. in reality, exactly. there was, there was trauma. They, they lost a child before me, you know, my, my dad, uh, drank and and all that and just they they got married very very young i think they got married at 18 mm. 18 yeah, i think my mom was 17 uh, 18 my dad would have been 20 21 so you know my mom had me when i was when she was 21 so you know they start they were young and they went through a lot and so it wasn't an abusive situation. It was actually, if anything, it was a healthy decision. Um, you know, and, and to that's the only life I knew was that separate life. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I, I know I've tried, I've offered conversation to, to William or Danny, as far as, Hey, listen, you know, it, it, it really can be a good thing. You know, you look at the positives like, Hey, mm-hmm. You get two Christmases. You have two sides of the family <laughs> right. that, yeah. like, holidays get doubled across the board. Oh, it's going to be kids. Easter. I know they get like double everything. What the hell? Like, my kids had so, seven Christmases too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, the gr- wow. grandparents, two sets of grandparents, yeah. and yep. right, you know, and then mom and dad, and then their in laws, and it, like, I'm like, when the fuck is Christmas going to be over? They're still getting right. presents. Yeah. Fucking March. It's Twelve days of Christmas. Well, I mean, so. What, yeah, I mean, what I wanted to tell Jared is you could figure, you could find out what divorce is like real quick. Why don't you take the show into the bedroom? And, uh... No, 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 um, <clears throat> no, no. I'll just, I'll, I'll it would continue be, to yeah, go I would, out in the I would, garage. And... Yeah, no, with the cops would be here in 30s. My sister would be pounding you ahead. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> yep. Um, there'd, be, there'd be no divorce. There'd be no just divorce. for just first. No, there would be death. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it would be straight yeah. murder. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, no, there I, are definitely some pros, um, and I don't. I don't like to call them pros because there's nothing. There's nothing beautiful about divorce, but 
I will say that not having um, in the beginning, not having the responsibility of my kids 24 seven allowed me to really kind of focus on myself. And now yeah. I, mean, I, I wish I nothing more to, but to have my kids with me 24 seven, but it's just not going to happen. But that's something that I knew then. And it's something that I, you know, willingly gave up, but to me, it was for the better good. And the way I look at it is the time now that I have with my kids is far more valuable and mm-hmm. far more like meaningful than it would have been just going through the motions every day. And, and maybe that's something that I tell myself to make myself feel better. Um, but I truly believe it um, because I, I'm, I'm always happy to see my kids. My kids are always happy to see me. We don't fight. They're never in trouble. Like I'm, I may still go off the handle sometimes, but I'm a fucking, you know, half Italian fucking hungry all the time, you know, um, <laughs> that's a bad combination so, from Jersey. Yeah, right. Yeah, yep. Exactly. So, um, but aside from that, um, just, just be, you know, having that you time to, you know, discover yourself and then be in a relationship with somebody that you feel you're meant to be with. And then having that, you know, be able to have its room, um, to breathe and grow. Um, there's that obviously the, the downside and the cons is the money, the the bankruptcies, the turmoil, the loss of friendships. But honestly, my life is so much easier now yeah. from that standpoint. Um, Cause I just don't give a fuck anymore. Like, like mm-hmm. if you don't like what I'm doing or how I'm doing it, I'm not trying for you. I'm not in this for you. I'm no. in it for me. Um, and yeah, my life's crazy. Like ask anybody that knows me. I'm, I never stop. Like I'm either picking this kid up, dropping that kid off, going to work here, doing that. Um, it, it's nuts. People try to keep up with my life. I, I just to give you a, a map, right? So my kids went to school in Old Bridge, and I lived in Phillipsburg. Mm, and I had a to drive nice ride. Yeah, so I had to drive them to school <laughs> in their pajamas. The morning, pretty much getting up at <laughs> six o'clock in their pajamas, getting dressed at the school ten minutes before they got to go in, while I sit in an hour and a half worth of traffic. Then I had to drive back north to work, and then I'd have to work a half a day some days give up that pay, which was already mm-hmm. 35% less than what I was making at the restaurant before I lost that job. Um, and then go back down and then pick them back up. I mean, I was spending $450 a month in gas. And I mm. was, again, um, that was probably a half a paycheck, third of a paycheck for me. So um, it was tough, but I didn't, they were never late to school. I was never late picking them up. I made as many practices and games and whatever. They didn't miss anything. Like they did everything in mom's side of town. And I did the driving on half the income with a, with no vehicle, sometimes borrowing vehicles. Um, you do what you have to do to make it works. That part of it sucks. Um, but now mom and I live 20 minutes away. Um, they still live mom, like primarily like that's where their school system is, but it's like I was in her house today. You know what I mean? Like we were trick or treating last week. Um, so it's gotten a lot better. And I honestly, I can't, I really don't believe that if I stayed in it, I'd have been this happy. Now, I might've lost a lot, but those are things. Yeah. Right. Um, I can buy more things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got my kids, they're healthy, they're happy. Um, and they got one hell of a life lesson out of the whole thing. So, sure. I mean, you could buy a lot of things. You could always get money back, but you can't get the time back. Right. Right. 
Well, I, I, I hate to, I hate to interrupt because this was actually, I, I, I actually, I'm actually looking forward to, uh, looking forward to getting this episode out because uh, this was really good. Um, we would definitely love to have you back on, uh, to continue the conversation. Um, cause a lot of good content on, so we'll have to, we'll have to discuss that offline as we always say at work. Mm. Um, so, so if you're, if you can handle the, uh, the late night hours that we've, yeah, run, I, I'll have to, uh, try and, try to find the alternative to Adderall, but um, I was, I was going to say a couple, a couple quick, yeah, couple I'm quick lines of blow now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I listen guys. I had a wonderful time. I, uh, I'd love to come back. I really would. It was a good, good. Great conversation. Yeah. So we, we definitely loved having you on. It was very mm-hmm. insightful and thank you. And of course, Johnny for sharing your experiences and everything. Definitely. You know, I, again, you know, with me not, not experiencing, uh, and I was I was curious on how the conversation was going to go, but it was this was a very good conversation, and I feel a little more educated as well too, just in divorce in general. And uh, again, I'm happy for both of you on where you both are at now at this point in your lives. So, cheers yeah, to I mean, that. I don't necessarily wish it on anybody um, to have to go through it, but um, sometimes it's it's necessary, and sometimes it's not the worst thing. Um, yeah. You know. Yeah, no, it's a good way to close it out. Absolutely. Well, oh, I will. Thanks, uh, I, I will hand off to Mister Bones since he's got this whole outro thing down pat. So, um, please help us head in the homeward direction, sir. Oh well, well thank home. you, Jared. Uh, Jared's allowing me to take the, the number one chair for for the rest of the episode now. All right, I feel like I'm back in the host seat. Listen, well, don't get uh, out of don't one. get out of control, or else you'll lose the privilege. All right, Mr. Guest Appearance All right. once in a while. You give me an inch, I can't take a mile. I know, I've heard that nope. one before. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Fourth Wall fam and listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to the 12th episode of The Smoking Jays. If you like this episode, be sure to show your support by checking us out on all social media, Instagram and Twitter, at Smoking Jays Podcast. And while you're there, be sure to check out and follow the Fourth Wall Pop Network. You can check all of our links out in our Linktree link found in our bio and the description of this episode and also in case you didn't know smoking jays yeah we got some pretty cool swag we got some fresh merch found at the fourth wall swag shop pick up your fresh smoking jays tea or hoodie today so again check out that link in our link tree link once again in the description of this episode so with that being said danny once again thank you so much for joining us really appreciate uh you taking the time to talk to us uh, and again, thank you for sharing all your experiences. And we definitely look forward to having you back again very soon. So on behalf of the dad bod enthusiast, Johnny G. On Ooh, behalf I do have of, one thing to add. Oh, of course. He has to get the friggin' last word in. Fuck. Motherfucker. You were going Come so on. good. I was like, <laughs> I wow, this is an awesome outro. You uh, do know, uh, you know why... Uh... <laughs> This is what we call Jared smacking the tip. Smacking the tip. I can't even. You know why? You know why? Just opened the door on you. Yeah, I know. Hey, you know why? uh, (laughs) You know why truffles grow in small dark places? You have to. You have to get one in. Mm -hmm. No. Normally, there's like seven dad dad jokes. jokes. It is. Uh, All right. You know why truffles grow in a small dark space? 
Why? Because they don't need mushroom. Take us out, uh, John. Uh, I, think at, I think at this point, anyone that was listening just just turned off. They unsubscribed. Mm-hmm. They unsubscribed. Record scratch. So, <laughs> insert record scratch. It just goes in right fucking there. Car crash and an atomic bomb. So I guess at this point, I will say good night to our listeners. So once again, on behalf of our good friend Danny and dad bot enthusiast Johnny G and G. the real host of the show, just Jared, just Jared, I am the one and the only JC Bones. We are the Smoking Jays podcast. Check us out, Fourth Wall Pop Network. And until next time, I'll see you when I'm looking at you. We will see you when we're looking at you. Okay, Jared, we will see you we, when we're looking at you. This is a group. You.